You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. Whoa, halfway there, whoa, the Mavericks don't have a prayer. My co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? It's so wild that I'm seeing all these, like, mid-season reports, um... That we're just halfway through it. It just feels like we started a few days ago. It feels like Dennis was getting his like introductory press conference like uh, last week, and now we're here. We are 41 games into the Dallas Mavericks season. Well, we are more than that because we went to the preseason games as well. So <laughs> it's been yeah. a lot, but uh, so yeah, we are we are halfway through. So we're gonna do our midseason awards as well. Isaac said it's funny that you are reading these midseason awards, midseason reports, and you are listening to one right now. So yeah. <laughs> it's fitting. Uh, by the way, you can find me and Isaac on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. That's me. And you can find Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. Like I said, I write for Mavs Moneyball. You can go read my piece on uh, Dennis. I t- spoke to Dennis recently. You can go read that piece. It's uh, you know, it's not exactly my team yet is what the title is. You can also read my report from Carlisle. Um, the other day with LeVar Ball's comments, we spoke about that extensively on yesterday's podcast. So if you guys are coming here to hear about the LeVar Ball stuff, we we went back and forth on it a great deal yesterday. Also yesterday we talked about Derek Harper's jersey retirement, went in depth on that as well. It was a long pod yesterday. So go check that out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, the only thing I will mention about those two things is that Mike Malone and Stan Van Gundy came out today and, and agreed. And Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr did as well. That's not surprising, and I'm sure oh, Pop, I'm well, sure Pop will as well. Um, so yeah, Steve called him a Kardashian. So <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. So those three coaches then officially came out and agreed with Rick Carlisle. Essentially, uh, Isaac, what is, what stuff do you have running on Smoking Cuban right now? Yeah, um, I I kind of just wrote a, an extensive piece on um, just my feelings on agreeing with Carlisle uh, with everything. Carlisle's getting. Oh yeah, I read uh, that hammered. this morning. I don't know why. <laughs> hammered a, a lot on that right now and uh yeah. i don't know i just agree i feel like i feel like i have a duty to take up for him um because um i do disagree with him i've been vote i've said different things i've disagreed with with him on this pod and uh it's not about just always agreeing with him but um yeah i mean i, I think he i shared my whole feelings about it in uh in written form had some analogies to Maybe, I don't know, make people think about it in a different way also. Um, and also talked to Frank Nilakina last night. So published that today. It went out, um, or yesterday as you're listening to this, talked to him about meeting Mark Cuban, uh, what that was like. Um, it's kind of cool. That he, I mean, he just said that he was a super nice kid, but he says, you know, it's pretty much the Mavericks and the Knicks. <laughs> he said, I know it, it was them two teams, and... There were yeah. those were the two teams talking to my agent and all that stuff, and uh, he talked about was like you know playing against Dennis for the first time, playing against Dirk and all that stuff. So you can check out those two. I uh, have a couple more coming out later on this week, and maybe a bigger piece 
by the end of the week. Ooh, so there you go. That's what we got going on. Now let's get to our midseason awards. Uh, let's just get through. Let's just talk about the 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 midpoint of the season as a whole right now. Uh, I tweeted out a couple stats today. Uh, the Mavericks record last year at this time through 41 games Isaac do you remember what it is oh, I have no was? clue was it anywhere close to what the Mavericks record is now oh gosh um the Mavericks are 13 and 28 currently I get. I mean I, would, I guess it was close maybe a little bit better the Mavericks were one win better at this point of the season last year. Also, it, it's noto- it's notable that it was two weeks later. It was, I think it was January 17th. I guess it's not two weeks, but it's about, it was about nine days later um, in the season. And they were uh, – right now they're 13-28. and 28. They are 26th in the NBA. And last year they were 14-27, and 27, and they were 24th in the NBA. So if everybody's freaking out about the draft pick, it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> they're in the exact same spot, so. Yeah, whatever about the draft. Also, I went back the last five years. Uh, the year before last, which is 2015-16, the Mavericks were 23-18. and 18. They were 10th in the NBA. The year before that, they were 28-13, and 13, and they were tied for 5th in the NBA in rank. It is crazy how quick these things can turn around. Yeah, I mean, it felt like every year we were just in the thick of things in the middle of the West and – it's a new it's a new era now and it's it's part of it. as as Melvin Hunt likes to likes to say he said it's, it's the other shoe. We've so been so spoiled with one shoe and now we're we're putting on the other shoe and it's just it's getting used to. If this shoe was like a brand new like Dennis Smith Jr. signature Under Armour <laughs> shoe like if this is that shoe if that's what that shoe is then uh, the shoe that the Mavericks are wearing right now is more like a uh, Nike shock that you wore in eighth grade during basketball. I'm like, but nobody like refurbished it since then or cleaned it or anything, and it's still just like gross. It's yeah, that's the shoe. If you're still wearing, wearing Nike shocks out there and you're listening to this pod, reach out to me via Twitter. We we need to figure something out different for you. <laughs> Whatever happened to those? I thought they were supposed to make you bounce better, give you some more bounce. It's supposed to help you dunk. <laughs> oh my gosh i had nike shocks they were the official shoes of our basketball team in middle school oh yeah oh yeah nike i had some too in middle school but people uh wearing them now holla holla at your boy <laughs> that's not even vintage it's just like no unless it's yeah it's, no the, nike shocks are the eight track of the shoe world you know you remember so between like yeah between records and tapes there was eight tracks and like that's not vintage anymore but now tapes like cassette tapes will come back and people will have cassette tapes or they'll have records like vinyl records yeah. shocks are the are the eight track they're the, they're the forgotten version they're like the, the motorola razor of the yeah. cell phone world everybody had them but they're just gone now it's gone and, and they're never they coming back be. and it's not it's not cool to even have one or like Still, no. even though it's, it was a long time ago. Anyway, unless unless I'll give one exception, it's the Vince Carter shocks. That's the only exception I'll give. Okay, there you go. I'll have to Google those later. Uh, two other stats that I wanted to point out: since November 18th, the Dallas Mavericks have the fifth best offensive rating in the Western Conference and the sixth best defensive rating in the Western Conference. They are 11 and 14. <laughs> 
Hmm. They have such a good, you know, offensive and defensive rating, but their record does not reflect that because a lot of these close games uh, in that. And then also since December 20th, so just a couple of weeks ago, probably about three weeks ago, the only team in the NBA, the entire NBA, that has a better offensive rating than the Dallas Mavericks, who is it? Warriors. It is not the Warriors. I'll give you a second guess. Rockets. It is not the Rockets. I'll give you a third guess. Timberwolves. You were very high on this team offensively coming into the season. Hey, I said Timberwolves. Yeah, not them, though. Oh. You were even higher on this team than the Timberwolves. Oh, OKC? It is OKC Thunder. The OKC Thunder have a 116.8 offensive rating, which is points per 100 possessions. And the Mavericks is 113.1. That is scorching. I mean, that is some really good offensive production from those two teams, especially the Mavericks. I mean, it's, gosh. Yeah. So, all right. So that that's some uh, some stats I just wanted to pull out from midseason. Now let's get to our awards. We're going to be going through the MVP, the most improved, and our biggest surprise and our biggest disappointment so far this season. I'm just going to do four of these. Uh Let's start right away. Give me your MVP, Isaac. Who is the most valuable player on the Mavericks? I mean, for me, this is Harrison Barnes. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere, anywhere else with this. I mean, he's averaging 18 a game. Um, he's our, he's our crunch time scorer. He's who we run our offense through a lot of the times. He's improved with his just his driving, his vision, a lot with his passing. Um, yeah, I mean it for me it's Harrison Barnes and I mean I want to give a, a mini shout to JJ Brea, but if we missed Harrison Barnes, it would be a, a much bigger deal than JJ Brea. So Yeah, I, I had the exact same um scenario in my head. I was like, Well, I kinda wanna give it to JJ because, you know, he's been so good in a lot of different categories, has career highs, and I'll go through those in a second. But Harrison Barnes, if you don't have Harrison Barnes in this team, who is scoring? You look up and down the roster and you say, well, Dennis can score, but you know, I guess JJ can score. They can all score some, but who's going to be the leading scorer on this team, especially without, you know, if you take out Harrison and you now, Seth has been out this entire season. So yeah. that is, you're taking a lot of the scoring load out of this team. Uh, yeah, Harrison Barnes, to me, he's the most improved player. A lot of people have been, you know, critical of, of him. He is not a perfect player. He's not you know, a superstar player, uh, you know, to say the least. But he is a really, really good player, and he's Dallas Mavericks' best player right now. Yep. And that's that's why they are where they are. All right, the most improved player. That is not why they are. <laughs> no, they, the Mavericks are where they are because Harrison Barnes is their best player. I think there's a lot more reasons than that, but – <laughs> that's one reason why they are where they are. I mean, but okay. if the Mavericks best player was James Harden, they would be in a different scenario. If the I Mavericks best player was Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is possible, they would be in a different scenario. I mean, okay. So like, what are you saying about Memphis with, with Marcus Hall? I mean, I'm not saying that about Memphis. I'm saying that I know, specifically I'm saying, like, about the could, Mavericks. The Mavericks have a lot of, they why, have compliments. Why is it? The Mavericks have complimentary pieces. They have a good coach, and they have, you know, like if they just brought in a superstar player, it would work really well. They have a bunch of role players, is what I'm saying. They don't have. Yeah, like they do. Guy. I'm just saying, like, if you take that logic and, and go to Memphis and be like, all it right, it doesn't work well, in why, Memphis. Memphis. Why aren't, they, why aren't they as bad as they are because of Marcus Hall? No, because Mike Conley is Are the Suns as bad as they are because of Devin Booker? 
No, I'm not saying that about those teams. I'm saying that about this team. I cover this team. This is this is locked on. I know, but you're talking, but you're taking a shot at Harrison Barnes on it. That's I'm not taking a shot at Harrison Barnes. I'm saying that Harrison Barnes is not at the level of some of these other players. And if he was, then he would boost this entire team, and they would be a lot better. Why are you arguing with me that better NBA players makes a better NBA basketball team? Because I think you could take this same logic and go to some other teams, and then it would be. But you can't apply that logic to these other teams. And like if Devin LeBron Booker. was on Memphis, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if you go to James Harden and say if James Harden was LeBron James, that'd be better. Sure, if James Harden, if 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 Mike if Conley any, was if James any Harden, any other player outside of like three players was LeBron James, that'd be better. Yeah, best players make the best teams in the NBA. What are we arguing about? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just the 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 idea that like I don't like I I guess I don't like the sentence. The Mavericks are where they're You're just at taking because, up for your boy. That's what that's Because what's Harrison Barnes is the best player. Like it's I think it's a much bigger issue than that. If he was the second best player, I think they would be a much better team. Is that fa- is that fair to say? I guess it's, so. It's saying it in a different I mean, way, but it's saying the exact same thing. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I, if J.J. Barea was LeBron James, they'd be a better team. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> saying if the if the best player, if the position of best player, uh, if if that was a position, like not point guard, but best yeah. player was a position. Harrison Barnes is filling that position. If it was, if somebody else is filling that position, that was a lot better basketball player. The Mavericks would be a better team. Okay. It slides everybody else down, and it just improves the team dramatically. What if you What if you said if Harrison Martins had better role players, it would be a better team? If we ranked the best player on every single team in the NBA, where would Harrison Barnes rank? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the bottom half for sure. I would, I would even go bottom fourth. Or bottom fourth. There's a lot of really but good I don't think. But my my thing is like you like they can't. The original sentence was the Mavericks are where they're at because Harrison Barnes is their best player. I still stand by that. They can't be the main reason though. That's not the main reason. Talent. Don't don't you think talent is the main reason why the Mavericks aren't good? But I think it's talent across the board though. Yeah, and so if you increase it, it's not just Harrison Barnes. So, okay, like what I said I got, like what if you said if Harrison Barnes had better supporting cast, they would be a better team? Why don't you well, say that? Well, sure, you're just saying, but I could say that. I think that is also true, but I think also okay, what I said is also true. <laughs> I think what I said is true and what you said is true. Yeah, what you said is true. Like if you replace Harrison Barnes with LeBron, it would be better <laughs> okay. for sure. I mean, okay, but like to, to say the statement, they're where they're at because – Harrison Barnes is their best player. Yep. That's okay. It's true. Tweet at us. Tweet at us at Locked On Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac Harris NBA. Are the Mavericks where they are because Harrison Barnes is their best player? If Harrison Barnes was not their best player, let's say their best player was Giannis, they would be a much better team. They would be better, but they're not where they're at just because Harrison Barnes, though. It has nothing to do with Harrison Barnes besides his level of of player. I'm not saying just because <laughs> it has nothing to do with Harrison Barnes besides his level of player. That's dealing with something with Harrison Barnes. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's making the Mavericks. <laughs> That's bad. like me saying Lonzo Ball isn't that good of a player, but he's just not that good of a player. 
No. Okay. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Okay. The Mavericks aren't where they are because Harrison Barnes is not maximizing his potential and with the Mavericks. Yeah. I'm saying that that he is doing pretty much everything he can. He can do more. Obviously, You're just saying he's not good he's enough to. He's not good enough to make this to make to take this Mavericks team and to make them a you know a playoff team or a championship team. But there's not a lot of people that could though. If you just did one on one swip, I think we can name. I think we can on name the like, wing. I think we can name like ten. Ten. LeBron, KD, Five. LeBron, KD. That play Curry, the same position. Harden. No, that play the same position. No, I don't care about the same like position. A, I'm like the, a wing. I, no, I'm saying that. He's the best player. There are a bunch of other players that are the best player that would make this team a playoff team. I don't no. care. What posi- I don't care what position they play. LeBron, no. KD, Giannis, Harden, Westbrook, Curry. How many is that? <laughs> Kyrie. I'm a, well. You got to factor in who's going to play Barnes' spot too. So then you're Barnes what, does. Put, you're putting Finney Smith in. No, Barnes does. I'm not saying they replace Barnes. I'm saying that if he was not their best player, let's say there was a player that was better oh, than no, him. I'm talking was, about replacing him. I don't I'm not saying that though. You're just talking about just adding a player. Yeah. Well that's a big that's a bigger issue. Right. It's talent. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've been around moneyball people too long, Nick. Oh my god. They've convinced I am, you I am, that Harrison I am, Barnes I am, is a bad player. I, am, I know they're not listening, so I'm literally avoiding them right now by not <laughs> being with them right now okay. <laughs> they're literally all out right now and i am not with them so i could do this podcast slash watch the game that i'm watching on my phone right now all right all that nonsense being said <laughs> also tweet us if that didn't make any sense at all please that no hilarious. there's some people right now who are like that's that was the most confusing segment they've ever did <laughs> like what are they talking we're, we were just literally talking about semantics like the way that i said that sentence is literally the only issue. yeah exactly exactly it's just semantics okay most improved player on the dallas mavericks i'm gonna go first on this one i go think i think in season so from start to season to now huh. i think it is dwight powell <gasps> I wanted okay. Listen, I kind of wanted to lean his way, but I don't. I know this is gonna really sound really bad that I'm not giving him credit, but I think his improvement is dealing more with Carlisle than him because he's not shooting anymore. Yeah, I think part of his improvement is settling into a role, Carlisle maximizing his position. But Carlisle's like, hey, don't shoot outside of the circle anymore. Just catch lobs and roll, and that's what he like. He's like a poor man's Kenneth Fareed now, and. Yeah, so. he, you're going to clean things up. You're going to grab rebounds. You're going to do the hustle plays. And I think that he has embraced that, and I think he should should be you know recognized for it. He improved. I think improving your mindset and understanding your role, I think, is improvement. I think he's done that. Yeah. He's definitely there benefited from the person I think is the actual most, most improved player. <laughs> the person he's I been, think that is the actual most improved player on the Mavericks from last from season. From last year to this year? From last year to this year is J.J. Barea. Ooh, I went with Devin. I almost went with Devin. Uh, but I went with J.J. Barea. And actually, I'll let you d- talk about Devin first because I have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Well, I just went with Devin because, I mean, he's putting up his, his best numbers over the past three years. I think it has a lot to do with health. I think it has a lot to yeah. do with Curry oh. being out. Um, 
that has given him this role. He just, I mean, from the very beginning, from preseason up until now, he just, he looks like a completely different player. Defensively, he holds his own in a post. Sometimes we saw it the other night. He got super pumped about it. He's all he can always draw charges, but uh, just his role offensively off the bench with JJ, and he's just been. I mean, he. We've said it a thousand times before. We don't. I don't want you know Devin to leave. You know, he's a great, great guy, great person to have in the locker room. But he is the perfect guy to come off the bench on a contending playoff team. I mean, he's just playing that well. Um, on both ends of the ball and just everything with that. So, yeah, I mean, I went with with Devin. Obviously, JJ can can get love too. My only difference between the two, I, because I, I I was really just debating the two, was I think JJ's closer this season to what he was last year compared to Devin to last year. Because like Devin last year was looked kind of rough sometimes. I mean, it looked like he was really kind of maybe taking a step back. And I mean, we were debating on if they would even bring him back um, this coming we, year. His his non guarantee date was recently. I think I think it was this past Saturday, and they just they kept him on the roster, and that was a real thing. We were like, man, what if they don't guarantee Devin Harris's contract because it's just not working? You know, the the conversation that needs to be had. Well, if and if and when Steph or Seth Curry comes back, does Devin Harris have a role in this team? Like who whose minutes does you know Seth Curry take? And it was probably going to be Devin. And now pff, that's a whole different that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. They're, they're playing so well. Yeah, uh, my player. I, so I agree with Devin. I think Devin is is you know definitely improved. And I don't know if that's because of the role or that's because of this lineup that that Carlisle's found that works so well. JJ Barea, man, he is only averaging one more minute per game this season than last season. And he has the same, basically the same field goal attempts as last season. But he is averaging career highs in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, win shares per 48 minutes, which is really weird, PER, and the Mavericks are 3.8 points better per 100 possessions when he is on the floor. His effective field goal percentage off the catch and shoot is the best in the NBA. This is uh, Andy Bailey tweeted this out. Uh, from NBA Math, he tweets out a whole bunch of stats. Uh, pretty much every day, I think he does a thread. Yeah. And JJ Barea was was in there today. He is the best in the NBA in effective field goal percentage. So effective field goal percentage takes into account three point percentage, and it gives you a boost if you take a three because it's it's more valuable. So it gives you some some extra points basically on that point. And uh, JJ is shooting eighty one point three percent from uh, off the catch and shoot. So when he's off the ball and he runs around a screen or runs around a corner and he grabs the ball and shoots right there, he is shooting 81.3% his effective field goal percentage, which is just, I mean, that's insane. That's not field goal percentage. That's effective field goal percentage, but still, it's really good. Also, this is also from Andy Bailey. The only players with as high of a three-point percentage and assist percentage, so what percentage of, uh, of plays that he's involved in that he gets the assist, the only players that have as high a three-point percentage and assist percentage as Berea this season, Steve Nash seven times, John Stockton seven times, Chris Paul three times, Mark Jackson once, Magic Johnson once, Jason Kidd once, Darren Williams once. Hmm. So the combination of, of hitting the three, you know, passing, you know, really, really good assists. I mean, I'm surprised that, that Steph Curry is not on there. Oh. But yeah, those. I mean, that's a lot of stats I just threw at you. But he is having just one of the best. He's having the best season of his career statistically. He is, man. I mean, there's nothing. 
you know, I wrote that piece a couple weeks ago saying that he should have his jersey retired, and I got some slack from people. I was like, man, like, we shouldn't lower our standards. You know, I got that tweet at me a few times. Like, our standards that low to where we'd have J.J. Barea in the rafters. I'm like, don't don't even come at me with that, bro. Like, uh, his all-time ranks and all that stuff. But beyond that, I mean, you just look at where he's at now. And, you know, he's 33 years old, having arguably the best season of his whole career. If if J.J. was on an expiring contract like Devin, if they swip-swap contracts, man, J.J. would be really sought after um, on, in this trade market right now. And um, But I think it, J.J.'s role in Dallas and his familiarity, fam, familiarity uh, mm-hmm. with this system and, uh, and Carlisle and Dirk and stuff, it's... It just can't be, you know, I mean, just can't be forgotten with everything with that. And But, I mean, 12 points off the bench, like, you can't ask for more from a backup point guard. And a lot of times we saw it the other night, he's finishing games. Whether it's with Devin, like it was the other night, sometimes he's finishing with Dennis, um, whether we agree with that or not, and putting <laughs> Dennis off the ball. But, yeah, I mean, JJ's remarkable, man. He's having an insane of a season. He definitely is, uh, but he is not my most surprising player or uh, event of this season. I wanted to put Maxi, but then I thought back and I was like, all right, so where was I on all these players at the beginning of the season? Like, what was my mindset about these players? And I was high on Maxi. I did not think he was going to start this many games, uh, but you also had to think that, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith started a bunch of games, you know, last year when he first came in. So it, that's not super surprising that he did that. And I thought that he was going to be, you know, at least a rotation player on this team. I'm most surprised still about Nerlens Noel. It's 41 games in, he's only played 18 games. And the fact that not, not just the fact that he only has played 18 games, but the fact that when he did play games, he started six games. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like they came in and they said, well, he's not going to start. Well, then there's that whole thing that we talked about at nauseum. And then, then he started six games. So it's like, okay, so we're we're gonna put you on the bench, but then all right, we're still gonna we still believe in you enough that we're gonna start you all these games. And then, then all of a sudden, just the bottom came out on his on his season, and he just didn't play. And then all of a sudden, the thumb thing came up. He just got thumb surgery. He's back now on the bench, you know, sitting. And it's like, what just happened? <laughs> I still don't. Yeah. You know, it's still kind of amazing to me that. He's still his face is still on the bus, the team bus. His face is still on like brochures. I saw a uh, a Facebook ad that the Mavericks put out the other day. It has one highlight play in it, and it, then it has Yogi saying, "Get your tickets, you know, come watch the Mavericks." Blah blah. blah at the end, the only highlight play that they put in it is a Nerlens Noel block on Taj Gibson earlier this season. <laughs> it, I mean, the fact that they're still putting him on stuff is is still kind of amazing to me. Um, they, he's still you know like a an advertised player for the Mavericks, but he is not yeah. playing for them and has not played for them in months at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while and I mean, I think we might all be surprised if he ever plays again for the Mavericks, but I had a friend the other day sent a, uh, a sent a Snapchat to me and they were um, back in Kentucky in the uh, Kentucky locker room, uh, Kentucky basketball locker room. And they had a big picture uh, of Nerlens in a Mavericks Jersey on the wall. Uh, with a bunch of the other players, and they laughed about it and stuff. But yeah, I mean the Nerland situation. It's a, I mean, what a story. And we've spent literally hours <laughs> in total time on this Seriously. podcast, on and about off it. the podcast. We have talked about this. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I caught up with Nerland the other night, and he, 
you know, he's in good spirits and, you know, thumbs doing well and stuff. And did you thumb more him? I didn't ask you this the other day. Did you, did you challenge him? We battled. Him <laughs> we battled. <laughs> uh, he still, he still has the like air cast thing on, yeah. but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what the next three or four weeks holds for, uh, for him. And, um, I mean, I think we could both agree that it's probably best for both sides if they could move him somewhere. Yeah, and definitely. Just to Again. let him do something. If not, you just wonder how this is going to play out the rest of the season. Is he just going to lay low and just work that out did, still? And that scenario did not even come up in my mind as like an option. <laughs> I just, I really think he's going to be gone. If he's not, that is going to be so weird. Yeah, it's just a um, a unique situation, but. Um, I, I did, I did go with, with Maxi. um, just because, you know, when we're looking, you know, we'd heard some things before they made roster cuts that Maxi was probably going to be sticking around and, uh, making the final roster. But I, I, I just didn't think, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to be Jeff Withy's role of just never playing really. And, yeah. you know, sporadically, I mean, you are bigger on him than I, I was, it's not that I was like, a. I didn't view him like a withy that I thought he was just limited or whatever. I thought he had potential. I just never thought he would get a shot with the Mavericks going. You know, there was this all this talk about Harrison Barnes playing the four and going the small ball role when he's been starting at the three all you know pretty much all year. Yeah, right now and, he's playing about half of his minutes. As I went through the lineups the other day, he's playing about half his minutes at three and half at four, which is a lot. That's a lot lower percentage than I thought it was going to be him playing four. Yeah, and so like with with Maxi, you know, I just never, um, never thought that he would have this role. And plus, that we had Dwight Powell, that makes nine million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, so the combination of all oh, Barnes is going to play a lot of the four, and then we have Dirk still at the five. Nerlens is still, you know backing up Dirk. Dwight's making nine million a year. Salah's cool. I just thought he's just going to be buried on the bench, and you know he can move very, he can move a lot better than probably a lot of people thought. And yeah. you know when the Mavericks talk about when the Mavericks talk about how Maxi got his shot, it was because they were so low on bodies he could actually play a little bit at the three, and they put him out there and he was guarding oh. some of these threes decently well. You remember the draft gaff? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was the lineup of Withy, Measury, Noel, Maxi, and Yogi. This is a wild lineup. Um, but no, we've I've come been, so far from that lineup. Whew, we have, we have. One of those players is not even on the team, and the other, another <laughs> one has not even played since then. Basically, Withy Withy tweeted out the other day and was like, "Hey, is anyone, is anyone, any of my followers play uh, PUBG uh, Battlegrounds on Xbox? <laughs> uh, it's actually a game I have, and I enjoy it quite well." Uh, but it was just funny that he's tweeting out. He's like, and he was like replying to some people, some fans. They're like, "Yeah, I got it." And he's like, "All right, add me. You playing right now?" And I was like, cracking up. He's got time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I gave it to Maxi. Just I didn't think he would have the role. And I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the year that Maxi would start twenty six out of the forty one games yeah. uh, to start the season, I would have told you you're insane. But uh, what, what do you think the Mavericks record would have been if somebody told you at the beginning of the season? <laughs> I would have said year. probably about 10 wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, they've improved on that. Uh, three wins on that. So. <laughs> All right. And the biggest disappointment for me. Um, I mean, oh, for, for you? Me, I'm just going to do, do one real quick, and then I'll let you go. No, you, the got, big, you got it. The biggest disappointment for me is still 
then Jiverson is no longer on this team. No, oh, stop it, Nick. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, do yours. Mine is that Dozier didn't make the roster. No. Um, <laughs> Mine's kind of split too. I, I just I'm, I'll stay away from the Nerland stuff. We already talked about. Yeah, it. we already did that. Um, mine's really a two-headed monster. One is the Seth situation. Um, just really disappointed that like we did, and it's not really anybody's fault. But I I think there was more optimism around when it first happened that oh it's a week to week evaluation. Carlisle put a thousand timelines on it, never came to fruition, and. I We'd think still... he was talking out of his butt that whole time when he was, <laughs> he was giving him these timelines. Yeah. I don't think he knew it all. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, put that aside. If you if you want to say that doesn't count because he can't control it or nobody can control it. Really. I had that written as well. I also had Dorian Finney-Smith on there as well. For just yeah. Injuries, like, I, that's just disappointing for me. I put those together as one. Okay. I mean, Seth was, Seth was a starter, and he was going to be getting probably 30 minutes a night if he played. But my my biggest one though, um, I guess, and I know this might be pushing it some, but like the role that Dennis has on the team, and you you did a great job of writing writing about it, um, just with Dennis and his mindset right now. But I'm just disappointed with how. And this is you know here I just wrote a story about um, taking up for Carlisle, but. I just don't like how we play Dennis. I don't like the rotations we give Dennis. I was sitting down with a guy the other day that covers the team very, very closely, and uh, we were just talking about just that I should never ask on a third – well, we have 13 wins right now, right? Yeah. I should never ask myself on a 13-win team, where's Dennis? Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be these – he checked out with like five minutes to go in the third quarter – uh, the other night, and then he came back in in the fourth and played like three minutes, and then was out. Like, and I know they went on a run and all that stuff, but it, they just play him in these big chunks. They they start the first, and then they take him out, and he's out for so long, and then they bring him back. And even just these past couple of games, it's like it feels like we we have we've almost put him in a cage a little bit. And when we are a rebuilding team and thirteen wins, I just I, I'm kind of just disappointed that we haven't unleashed him more. That we haven't given him more opportunities. You know, I know he's averaging 13 shots a game, but just I don't know. Just put the ball in his hands and say, "Go get a basket and running more." You know, he's running. We're running more system-based stuff, and I know that's what Rick likes to do. And um, but no, I yeah. So disappointment and just the rotation handling of his minutes, and just that we try to systemize. If that's even a word. Him, uh, you know, with basketball. <laughs> Uh, systemize him too much that we don't unleash him enough. Yeah, I, and, and you said it before, not too long ago. And you might tweet it out. You said it on the pod what we thought. We thought we would be saying everything about Dennis right now that Donovan Mitchell is getting in Utah. Yeah, and the, the and I, I mean I'll admit I haven't watched Utah play every single game or even a ton, but some of the games I do watch him watch them play, they they are like unleashing him and they're letting him. And it might be because Gobert is out and some of this stuff, but they're letting him be him and grow into this player. And I'm not saying Dennis is not growing, but I wish we got a little bit more of that role for Dennis in Dallas. This is a much longer conversation than I expected to have today, but but in <laughs> yeah. that piece, I th- in the, in that piece that I wrote, and it's called Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, it's not exactly my team yet. It was a quote from him. 
there's this one thing that's holding them back. And if you go read that piece, I explain it in there. But I think what's holding, I think the Mavericks have sort of unleashed him in, in the minutes that he's played. Like he has the highest usage percentage on the team. He's taken a ton of shots. You know, he's the second in, in scoring. Like they are giving him opportunity, but he still doesn't feel like it's his team. And it's because of what you said, like the rotations. It's because of the way, you know, they, they play him very limited off the ball about 19% of his minutes right now is played off the ball you know playing with the only time he's ever off the ball is when JJ's on the floor with him and that's about 19% of his the time that he's on the court but when he is doing that he feels like it's not his team he feels like the only the only way that he knows how to be a leader he's he's always been a point guard he's always been a point guard and yeah. in, in in his mind Leader equals point guard, or point guard equals leader, and I don't know if he knows how to break that yet, and that's something that I mentioned in the piece that it's a mindset that he, I think, needs to break out in, and that's, I mean, that's heady stuff. That's that's, that's pretty advanced stuff, I think, for, for a rookie to go through, but it's something he's going to have to go through. I think Donovan Mitchell is sort of just, whatever they give him, he's just like, run to the basket, you know, just like, yeah, go for it, whatever, and I think there's some hesitation in Dennis, uh, settling for a lot of, you know, longer jumpers and things like that. Um, the other thing that it, well, I think they've told him too to like calm down on the dunks and stuff. Like, we, I mean that that was kind of thrown around as far as oh for, to keep for injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, like watch how reckless you are with some of these. You know, you keep on, you know, going going in trying to throw down some crazy dunks and stuff. Yeah. When man, let him do his thing. Like let's let's see what he's got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't want to get too much into that. That's not my most disappointing thing. I think that can improve and I think that can get better. Uh and we didn't even see Yogi this time last season at this point, right? Like it was I yeah. think it was, it was coming later in January, but so there there's still time for him to, you know, emerge and have a a breakout end of the season. There's two more things that you didn't mention uh besides Seth Curry and Dorian Finney-Smith's injuries being disappointing. Motley the the wasting time of Motley, I think I was pretty oh, yeah. I was pretty disappointed in that, uh, and not the fact that he's you know being wasted in the G League or that the Mavericks could use him or you know it, to win games or anything like that, but just the fact that you bring him up and he's not even getting any playing time in the NBA is pretty disappointing. The way that they are doing that, he only has forty five days that he can spend in the NBA, and I'm I was hoping that they would either save a lot of those days till the very end. And then just use them all up for the last, you know, I don't know, 30, ga- 30 days of the season where he's essentially a full-time NBA player. I was hoping they would do that with him. Uh, and maybe they still will. They, they didn't use a ton of them. I don't I don't even think they used 10 of his days. Do you no, think? I mean, I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't very much at all. He was on, like, a road trip and then... It's hard for much. us to calculate this. Like, we can find it out and we probably will. Like, we, you, we can go ask somebody, but the teams just keep that internally. I was talking to somebody today about keeping cap sheets and how these people that are keeping salary sheets, they have to keep track of each singular day because it counts for their money. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm out on that. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll go and find the cap sheet somewhere else. So, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Another thing I'm disappointed in, which is so, sort of a, an underlying storyline in this season, is I'm, I'm disappointed in Yogi's role. Role. He, this is not the role that Yogi should have to play. This this off ball. Now he's good shooting off the ball. He's shooting forty percent from three so far this season. But this this off the ball, you know, not the point guard necessarily all the time, and being either the second or third guard all the time. You know, like he's just never getting a chance to, you know, to do some of the awesome things we saw him do last season. I think people are people are going are pretty down on him right now. I've seen some some comments on places where they're like, "Oh, he's trash" or you know, he's he'll never be a good point guard in the NBA. And I think that part of that is because his role has been completely changed and he's not exactly yeah. he's not playing in a 
a position that would maximize his strengths. Uh, I think he can be a good floor leader. I think he's a you know a guy that is is really calculated. And I think he could be you know good for this team. The the only, the problem is you know they have JJ Barea. <laughs> that, I think he could of, be he could be everything that JJ is. Like, yeah, all those all those stats that I mentioned earlier. I think Yogi could do all those things. Yeah, and that's and that's just the, the tough spot we're in. Like we're not gonna trade JJ to you know all no. that stuff. JJ is gonna stay and like. It's just unfortunate that we do have something like that to where the best spot for Yogi is that backup point guard role, the exact same role that JJ plays. And yeah, if we found Yogi last year and he was a we being the Mavericks, the Maver- I'm speaking as the Mavericks. If like if we found Yogi as a you know a three last year, he would be playing so much. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he'd be playing so much for this team. But it just so happened that he is a point guard, so. Yeah, and and with the Motley thing, yeah, I've been disappointed too. I think there there is I'll make a prediction. Nerlens and or maybe both Salah will get traded before the deadline and Motley will be brought up to play Salah's role. As much as I would be saddened by that, I would also be uh, that would also be good, I think. I'd be heartbroken to lose Salah in the locker room. Um yeah. But I think that they're, you know, they're saving a lot of these days to where the deadline's coming to where if they do trade off some of these guys, then, you know, some of these veterans, especially in the front court, then they can bring Motley in uh, to cover that. Yeah, we'll talk about trades a lot more as the trade deadline's closer. I think it's like... February 8th, I think. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 30... It's the week before the All-Star weekend. So it is. So that's wild It's a year. month from yesterday. That is... That's pretty crazy. And yes, like you said, it is before the All-Star break this year. So it's going to be... Remember a lot, you know... It's going to be its boogie, own little the, holiday. <laughs> the boogie stuff went down, you know, all of last All-Star break. And normally that All-Star break's the last weekend heading into the trade deadline. So it's like people. there's a lot of rumors and trade chatter. And it's like, oh, this person talking to this person. Not it, anymore. It's still going to be crazy to me. Let's say this. I don't think this is going to happen. But let's say like Anthony Davis. Yeah. He is fifth in the well, West. Let's say in, Boogie. In, say Boogie is is fourth or fifth in the West in voting and he gets traded to like Boston or something like that. Like what do they do at that point? Does he just become an yeah. Eastern conference player? Do all of his votes count there? Like, you know, what do they do? Does everybody just bump up um, in the West? I mean, that's going to be kind of weird that, the, you know, be, with the trade deadline being before all-star. My, ooh, that is wild. <laughs> it's um, just, that's a weird, like nerd thing, but. I think they probably announce it. I think don't they announce them before? They'll probably just announce all the all stars and teams stuff before. So the then deadline. they announce Boogie and they set each team for a certain number of players. Then he gets traded to the East, and then all of a sudden, like, what do you just have like thirteen players on one though. side and fourteen on the other? Well, well, remember they're doing away at the conferences. Remember they're having the draft, but they're still having equal number of players from each conference. Yeah. Just but I think if he gets, I think if he gets voted in, though, I mean, he'll they just keep him. Yeah, that'd it, be sucky. It's a stupid thing that doesn't really matter, and it'll work itself out. <laughs> I'm interested in that, something though. that you know to think about. So, all right, we will talk more about the Mavericks in the trade deadline as the trade deadline gets closer. As I said, we're about 30 days away from it. Uh, Isaac and I will definitely both have pieces coming up, uh, different trades that we'll have because we love the trade machine a lot. We will go through that. Again, you can find me at Nick Van Exit. You can find Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. You can follow us there on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow us at Locked on Mavs. And we, we tweet out the podcast every single day, so you'll never miss one. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. And tweet us who you think is the MVP, the most improved, your most surprising, your biggest disappointment. Uh, let us know what you guys think on Twitter as well as in the comments. And thank you so much, guys. Peace out. Boom. <laughs> Failed. <laughs>